Well, I am glad that you guys uh, chose today to come and celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. It's a privilege to serve Him, isn't it? Years ago, uh, we were spending Christmas in Arkansas with Nancy's family. Now, now, my wife's family are from a very small town called Mayflower, and it's one of those uh, what they call poke and plum towns. By the time you poke your head out of the window, you're plumb out of town. Uh, it's a small town, and uh, we, we had a large group of, of Nancy's uh, family, uh, her, her two brothers, which are twins, which don't look anything alike, but their families, their children, and our children, and, and we had this great big uh, Christmas Day celebration. Everybody opened up their, their presents, and by the time we were finished, there was a mound of paper that would rival Mount Everest. All of those beautiful packages and ribbons and bows were just torn asunder. They were just stacked. So we decided we weren't in California, and, and we weren't in the city, because here you get to have a, a uh, garbage truck come by twice a week, and every other week they come by to pick up your recyclables. That's not the Mayflower way. The Mayflower way is, let's burn them. So that's what we did. We gathered up all the paper, and all the guys grabbed all the paper, and we brought in the burn barrels, and we stuffed them full, and we lit it. And what a better way to celebrate Christmas than around a giant bonfire lying about how many fish we've caught. And we were having a great time, all the guys in the backyard bonding, and it was wonderful until one of the ladies came out, my sister-in-law came out, inquiring about the new jacket that her son could not find. We found the zipper. <laughs> it was metal. Oh, man, we went from, from celebrating the birth of Jesus to the women looking at us like, crucify them, crucify them. <laughs> Man, I went through one, in, in one, one moment. We lost the coat. We didn't see it among all the wrapping and the, and the ribbons and the bows and everything else. You know, and, and sometimes I, I think that in, in our culture, because we celebrate Christmas and we love to celebrate Christmas, and I love celebrating Christmas, but it's so easy to lose the significance of, of this season among all of the trappings of the lights and the, the trees and the presents and everything else. And don't get me wrong, I love, I love this season. I love this time of year. I remember the very first time I heard the song Silver Bells. I was in second grade, and we sang it in school, and I thought, this is the greatest song ever. This is great. I, do you remember when you were young and you would drive through town at night and see all of the lights and everything lit up? It was magnificent. It was magic, special. I love that. 
I love all the lights. I love all the decorations. I loved them when I was a child, and I love them now. I love Christmas. I love everything about it. But the one thing that I have to focus on, and I think all of us, if we were true to ourselves, we have to always constantly remind ourselves about the true meaning of this season. We can get so involved in the, in the trees and every, in the lights and everything else and all of the pageants we go to and all of the different plays and everything else that we can lose the true definition of Christmas. Definition, defining it, understanding what it truly means. When Miranda was moving from uh, St. Louis to, to Florida, that she had to downsize some because if you've lived in any place long enough, you realize you gather stuff. Isn't it amazing how much stuff you can gather? Uh, and she gathered a lot of stuff, so she told her youngest daughter, Emma, she said, we're going to have to give some of your toys uh, to charity. And Emma looked at her and said, who's charity and why are we giving her my toys? didn't quite comprehend the definition of charity. And, and sometimes we forget the true definition or the understanding of Christmas. We had no understanding sometimes. And sometimes, you know, when you're working on a puzzle, you are sitting at one side of the table long enough you can't see the puzzle anymore and you kind of have to get up and go sit on the other side and, and get a different perspective. Or, or if you're working and you're, you've been busy and on the same project for a long time, sometimes you want to take a day or two just to kind of get away and, and let your mind go another place so you can get a fresh perspective on, on what you're doing. Gain a panoramic view of what you're looking at. That's one of the things that I like about flying is everything when you're on the ground seems so close and you can't see where you're going. That's one thing I did love about San Francisco. When you got lost, you just drove to the top of a hill and you could look around and, oh, that's where I'm going, and you head down. Here I have to drive all the way to Claremont to find a hill. <laughs> but when you're flying, you look down out the window and, and the landscape seems so like a patchwork quilt. And you can see where you're going and you can see where everything is connected. Sometimes I think it's good that, that we as Christians, kind of step back from the season a little bit and, and kind of get a, a panoramic view of, of the entire story of Christmas, the reason for the season. I think the very first thing we need to remember is that we, humanity, was lost and without hope. Well, that is a, that is a dire statement, isn't it? Lost and without hope. Lost and without hope. This is what the scripture tells us in Ephesians 2.12. He says that at that time you were without Christ. Without Christ. Alone. Lonely. Away from Christ. No family. No sense of belonging. I knew a young man once that 
kind of really didn't have any family, was disassociated from his, his family, with, from his siblings and, and everything else. And I remember him telling me once on a Christmas morning, no place to go, pulled up in front of one of his siblings' house and just peered through the window to see them opening gifts and laughing and enjoying one another's company. And he said, I just felt so alone. I was on the outside looking in. See, that's the way we were. Without Christ, we had no hope. We were aliens. We were on the outside of of God's love and God's salvation. We needed family. We had no hope. There was no way to change our condition. We were hopeless. Scripture says not only that, but we lived in darkness. Lived in darkness. I don't know if you've ever been in darkness, true darkness. We were in Carlsbad Caverns many years ago, and, and they take you down this this uh, elevator, some like like a mile down underneath the ground, you know, and they have light everywhere. And they said, "I want to show you what it what we mean by pitch dark. No sunlight, no light whatsoever." And they said, "Hang on to somebody, hang on to something," and they turned off all the lights. I have never experienced that in my entire life. I mean, I, I, I've seen dark nights where you couldn't see the, the moon or the stars and, and it was really hard to see. But to have no light, none, zero, not, not one shimmer, not one candle, not one match, there was zero light. You could not see at all. It was terrifying. And the scripture says that we lived in that darkness. We lived in, in a darkness where we, we were trying to make our way in the world. We were trying to live right. We were trying to do what was right. But we could not see where we were going. We could not see how to get to God. We could not see really how to live we were in darkness. But here's the great thing. Not only were we without hope and, no, and that we were living in darkness, but the great thing is he has rescued us. I love that scripture. For he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us, picked us up and carried us into the kingdom of his son. Think about that. We were living in darkness. We had no hope. But that light, that star that shone that night when Christ was born, not only shone to the wise men so they could make their journey, but it is shining in the hearts and the lives of everyone that has turned to Christ for their salvation. For over 2,000 years, that light of the glory of the Lord has shined strong in the hearts of, of men and women just like you and I. 
And he's still shining bright. And he's still giving you light to live and to love and to have purpose and to have meaning. That we no longer have to be without hope and without family. But we're invited not only into a small family or a small nucleus. But we're invited into the family of God where Jesus said, In my Father's house are many rooms. And you're welcome. We have a new family. We have a new hope. We're invited in. We're no longer on the outside, but we're, we're ushered in, away from the cold and away from the darkness into the light and the love of our Lord and Savior. And we get to bask in that love, knowing that The Lord has come. Our Messiah has come. He has brought us out of the darkness into His marvelous light. Jesus rescued us. I love that song we sang, Emmanuel. God with us. I can't comprehend it. I, I try. I try to rationalize. I try to study it. I try to, to take out uh, the, you know, in the scripture, and I, and I try to look at the Hebrew. I try to look at the Greek. I try to look at every aspect of the love of God, and to be honest, it's insurmountable. You can't understand it intellectually. You can't understand it with your heart. You can catch a glimpse of it, and you can experience it too to a, to a degree, but the love of God is greater than any of us could ever imagine. The love of God is deeper than, than, than we can go. It's farther than the east, it's from the west, it is higher than the stars in the sky. The love of God permeates anything in all things, and the love of God made itself manifest on that day in Bethlehem's manger for you and I. We are rescued from this life of darkness and without hope. And we get to live. We get to live the living hope. We get to allow that love of God to permeate our hearts. We're the children of God. Christ is here. And he has not only saved, but he is still saving today. So what should our response be? Man, we need to celebrate. We need to celebrate the fact that we are the children of the living God. We need to celebrate our response. We need to celebrate the fact that we're no longer in darkness. What we get to see, we we know what is ahead of us. We know that we are going to live with God throughout eternity. Before, when I was walking in darkness, I didn't understand it. But now that I've experienced the love of God in my life, I get it. I see it. It's real. It's true. It's not a figment of someone's imagination. The gospel is real. And it's real to all of those that take that step of faith and walk into the light. Scripture tells us that the wise men saw the star. They, they came to Jesus. And they, when they came, they, they were inquiring where he was, the child that was born the same night that the star appeared. 
The scripture says that when they found him, they gave gifts and they worshiped. But then they said, the scripture tells us something that's really, really amazing. It says, being warned of God, when they left, they left a different way. They came one way, but when they worshiped Jesus, they left another way. You know what I see in that? If you're here today and you're down, if you're here today and you're walking in darkness, if you're here today and you think that there's no hope and there's no despair, you can leave a different way. You can walk, you may have walked in here today defeated, but you can walk out a victorious person. You may have walked in here feeling like you have no love, and you can walk out of here thinking that I am the most loved person on the face of the earth. You can have walked in here walking in the darkness of this world, and you can walk out of here in the light of the glory of the Lord. There's only one thing you have to do, and it's the same thing the wise men did. When they saw Jesus, they offered gifts, and they worshipped him. I think this season suggests commands that we worship him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Would you stand with me? I'm going to ask Chad to come. And I, I, want, I want all of us to be able to enjoy this day, Christmas Eve, and I'm sure you have big plans tomorrow to, to worship or uh, to open gifts and to celebrate with family and friends. But can I encourage you, don't forget to worship the Lord. Somewhere today or this evening, would you bring your family close, perhaps read the Christmas story together? And remind one another, it's not about the trees and the packages and the bows and the ribbons and all of that and the gifts. It's about the greatest gift that has ever been given to us. That babe born in the manger, that through his birth and his life, we have eternal life that we're no longer outside, but we're now the family of God. We're no longer walking in darkness, but now we're living in the light of love. Let's celebrate that together, can we?